Hey, how's it going? It's Don Lee. And it's PK. And we're 1% Gallery here with Alexis on First Year Project. Hey, y'all. I'm Alexis, and welcome to the First Year Project. On this week's episode, we have 1% Gallery's founders, Donald and Patrick. They are connectors, redefining undefined spaces. From apparel pieces and sculptures to music, Patrick and Donald are really doing it all, y'all. So welcome to the show. Hey, y'all. So uh, I like to start off all of my interviews with this first question. So what do you all do and why do you all do it? Yeah, in short, you know, we're, we're, we're connectors. We put people that should be together together. Mm. What exactly do you mean by we put people who should be together together? Like, can you like elaborate on that? Yeah. So, you know, in a, a, a big part of our business model is, like I said, putting artists or people that have a creative background with people that are either inspired by it, want to consume it or want to invest in it. So those are two parties that we look to connect. Very dope, very dope. Let's let's take it back a little bit. I mean, I'm really good friends with y'all, so I remember when we were just kids, but what was your community and, like, family upbringing like, and uh, how has it influenced you all um, today? I mean, growing up, you know, life was real. You know, it, it was really just, you know, you growing up the best way you can, you know, your parents do the best they can, and and you just continue to just be motivated every day to, to 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 do better every day, and you know from that you just get to a point where you really can kind of make your own decisions on what you want for your life, and you start going from that angle. So, can you share with the people like like where did you all grow up? Like what area are we talking we, about? We we grew up in Boston. We grew up in Dorchester in Boston. Um, anybody that's from Boston that knows, you know, Dorchester's real small. Boston's real small, so. You know, it's a, it's already a community in itself, so everybody will know each other. You know, I, I remember I used to play basketball, so you know I'm playing basketball with all these AAU teams, and you just starting to meet everybody. So, you know, it was real. It was real. I think I think that's where a lot of our skills are are, are based from. You know, like you know, like I mentioned before, when you're playing basketball and you're traveling and you you meeting a lot of kids from everywhere, you you, you already in that that you know that, that 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 spot to connect and network with other kids so when you when you grow and, and you find out what you're passionate about like with the art gallery and you know and people find an interest in different things you already know how to connect people because you've been doing it your whole life so you know that's kind of where we are now so yeah and i mean just to elaborate on that a little bit you know outside of sports and socially you know we went to we were part of the MECO program, so we were in a system where basically... Tell the folks a little bit about that, because if you're not, you know, from Boston yeah. and Massachusetts, you may not know the realness and the dopeness of the MECO program. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, the, the, the program simply, it, it takes children from, you know, urban environments, and they are able to participate in suburban school system. So we, we came up through the, the Lincoln Public School System and are both graduates of Lincoln Sudbury. And how do you think, like... That experience, I know, you know, you all also have gone to uh, different types of schools, whether it's Bentley or Providence. How has, how was being in that type of environment, how has it helped you like today with your branding with 1% Gallery? 
I mean, it, it's it's helped immensely. I mean, you 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 live in one world, which is Dorchester. You're in Boston, so you're a city kid, right? But you're educated in environments that are the polar opposite of what the city is. So, you know, via those experiences, being in Lincoln Sudbury, and you know, going to Bentley and going to Providence, you're with kids from all over the world that are you know from different walks of life, and you're able to stand at the, the forefront of it where you're the kid in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. You come from one world. So you know people on both ends. Um, and I think that has been a really big driving force in our mission to really connect people and use what, you know, my interest in business and my brother's interest in art, um, you know, bringing people that are both interested in those worlds together. Very dope. So uh, how did the 1% Gallery come about and what was the process really like uh, starting it, developing it, and into what it is today? Well, uh, the 1% Gallery really started off, like you know, like I said it before, you know, with a real organic start approach. And, you know, I remember it started when I was in college. I was a senior at Providence College, Rhode Island. And, you know, I was, I was a wood sculpture minor. And I was, I was with a girl, Rochelle Romano, Who's one of the painters to the gallery now, and you know she was a she was a, a major in painting. You know, wait, so you actually you were like an art minor? Yeah. I okay. Was an art minor, yeah. That's how it's on my degree. So very dope. Yeah, no, I didn't you. realize that. Thank you, but uh, but yeah, so I was working with her, and you know we would have like conversations all the time about like what was next, what was next, and you know for me for me I knew that you know I was gonna try and pursue a career in the business fields, you know where I could. <laughs> really kind of start making a name for myself, but also, you know, doing what I'm, I'm passionate about. But but she was 100% invested in doing the painting. And, you know, I'm like, all right, well, what are we going to do? Like, she's my friend. She's not going to have a job. You know, I was kind of nervous for her. And it just started coming together just like that. I was like, well, what if I was to put something together or we were to put something together where now it's, it's, it's not just for, you know, like when you're getting out of school, you're not just subjected to just to get any job. You could then start creating stuff from what it is that you're passionate about so for sure and what was the process like from like I guess taking it from idea and and that sort of concept into turning it into action and to and really being like hey like like this is an organization we have apparel on the side you know we do this we do that what was that process like it was just action steps it was like setting out projects setting out goals realizing like all right well you know with this time frame you know let's say it's a it's a quarter you know, if it's a quarter, let's 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 spend a quarter of the time on this project, do it the best we can, and then be preparing it going to the next project. So we just kind of set, you know, some pretty some pretty easy goals for ourselves to really get us like up and running. And then once it got to that point, it was a lot easier to get things clicking. Yeah, and I mean, even is 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 funny, right? To even sit here and reflect when you're asking these questions. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember the first time we thought about truly monetizing the business. Like, all right, this is something we want to do. This Talk about idea. that. Yeah. How's that process? Um, but to monetize it, you know, that really, it, it was funny. We were sitting at a table. This is a funny story. Sitting at my grandmother's kitchen table, um, and it was myself, uh, my brother, Marcus West, who's one of our other best friends, and my girlfriend, Sheree, and we came in with the t-shirt design. 
Very dope. Right. We just we said, you know what? We're gonna make these limited. We're gonna put out some T-shirts. We have a number. We're gonna make a profit. That was like our first project. So folks may not know what the T-shirt looks like. Can you describe it and kind of even go into like the whole concept behind it? Because I know we talked about it and how like Nipsey Hustle has like a very similar like proud to bay concept. But you all kind of were were, were doing that too, even as like a, a small business, which is really really dope. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we basically when we when we said we wanted to do a T-shirt, it was just like you know what, we need something that's gonna be catchy. We need something that's gonna be limited, right? You don't you don't want a bunch of them out there. I remember the first thought of a T-shirt. I was like, you know, I don't ever want to see anyone washing cars in our T-shirt. You know <laughs> I mean, like if, if we're gonna be calling ourselves the One Percent Gallery and we're trying to, you know, connect certain types of people, um, we 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 can't be flipping T-shirts for twenty dollars so that everyone can have them. Um, so we 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 put the quantities on them. We really wanted to limit them. Um, and then we attached a price point that made sense just because we were like, you know what? If we're not going to do that many of them, they should be the best quality that we possibly could get. What was each T-shirt uh, priced at for like? Uh, we sold these T-shirts for 100 bucks. Now, some people may be listening to this part of uh, the conversation and say, y- y'all sold a, a T-shirt for $100? $100, yeah. And, uh, and all the sense that went into it. How did you all come up with that concept and, and how was it received? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, so we're, we're both economics majors, right? Um, and I knew that once you put a price to something that makes people respect it, they're going to take care of it, right? They're going to make sure it's dry clean. They're not going to have it in the wash. Shine it up like Jordan. You know what I mean? Like, think about how you feel. When you go and you want, you know, the, the newest pair of Jordans that comes out on Saturday morning, you don't want anyone to scuff them, right? You're not going to go <laughs> play ball in them that day. Like, you're going to rock them. You're going you're gonna to treat them a certain way because you paid that price for them. Um, so that's, that's a similar concept that we tried to run with, you know, for, for our first endeavor. Very dope. Very dope. Um, no, it's so interesting because when we had a conversation about that it reminded me of how Nipsey Hussle did a similar thing with his $100 like for an album yeah I remember reading that article I saw it online but he got it from the cheesesteak dude yes can can you tell the people a little bit about the the quote-unquote cheesesteak dude there's a there's a shop in Philadelphia I read an article or seen an interview this was this was a few years back um about a, a, a guy that had a restaurant and he literally was using Kobe beef and selling cheesesteaks for, you know, a hundred dollars. And this is in Philly, so this it's like the Philly. mecca a restaurant of uh of, of cheesesteaks. You know, he was yeah. selling more of those than he was his other priced ones. And I mean he was getting publicity for it. So I think, you know, that's what he sought out to do, I'm I'm sure. And um how was your project received? That first project? Uh, it was received well, you know. Uh, you know, we, we went over we went over the top with the quality. You know, that was very important because we wanted to make sure that you know it was something that we also would want to wear and something that we would also like for ourselves. So, you know, I definitely don't think we shortchanged anywhere on that side. Um, people loved it, and and as we continued to make more stuff, they were the people who come, who came back and was like, "Yo, I need that," or you know, "I need this." Right. We 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 built our following from that first batch of T-shirts. Wow. There's not one person, yeah. um, you know, that that's purchased a T-shirt from us. That first T-shirt that hasn't returned and bought something else that we put out, which you know I think is pretty incredible. And it, it and it and it's weird. We talk about this all the time. And you asked us right before the interview was getting started. You know, you guys a clothing line, and it's funny because we're not. 
That is know, crazy. We're not. Yeah. A lot, yeah, a lot of people may think that we are, you know, and I, and, I, and I understand why, but at the same time, it's it's if you also apply yourself to the research of what we're doing, you, you, you'll you see that we're not, you know, like we have some clothing that, you know, we actually look at as like art pieces as well. Mm. You know, it's just, you know, you, our whole mission is to, you know, redefine, undefined space and change people's perception of what art is to other people, you know, so... If, you know, uh, a dope shirt that you have on is like a piece of art to you, it's like if you treat it to a certain quality, then that's what it is, you know? Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you all are being modest. Uh, a, a source told me that you sold all the shirts, every single one of them. Yeah, we did. We did. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's what you got to do. When you yeah. Really, when you really right. want to get it when you need When you need your money back. <laughs> so so how so in terms of how you all started too, like did you have funding from like outside companies or uh angel investing or was it something that was really built from the ground we were working okay (laughs) we were working um you know that's that's something i feel is is important like before you can you can have an idea but to to have action steps and put things in motion you got to have some money and that's the reality of it for every young entrepreneur and it doesn't mean you have to have a lot of money but you do have to have some resources and, and figure out the best way to allocate those resources in a way that work for you in the moment that you're in. Because, um, I mean, looking back on the $600 is not a lot of money. Exactly, but, you know, yeah. we could have done something similar with 300 It doesn't take 600 You know what I mean? Um, so we definitely, we didn't, we didn't have any angel investors. Right. You, you just got to understand, like, you know, like, you know, money, money is a tool. You know, it's not the end of all means. So, like... If you know that you got to get, you know, a certain amount of money and use it as a tool for you to then be able to put what you're trying to do forward, you know, that's that's what it's got to be. So we were working for that because it was a bigger tool for us to use what we were trying to do. For sure. Definitely. What's uh, so we went over kind of some of your success as a company, as 1% Gallery. But on the flip side, what's one of the biggest mistakes um, you all made in the novice years of 1% Gallery? I know this year, I believe, is your, your third year, correct? Yes. What, what's, what's one of like the biggest mistakes and like what lessons have you all learned from it? You know, honestly, I don't think that we've had any really, really big mistakes. I think that we have the, you know, mistakes of any startup when, you know, I think our, our thing is with timing. You know, we make small mistakes because, you know, we're not as accurate with the timing because we don't know. But like, what do you know, mean by that timing? Well, just like, you know, think about it with any when you when you've done a full, you know, a year to two years of anything similar, you have an understanding of like timing, you know, what what's going to hit, what's not going to hit. But when you're starting up a business from the ground up, you don't really know what that time that time and belt is going to be like. You know, you're just kind of like going straight up if you're going straight up, you know, mm-hmm. like we were. So we were really just trying to, you know, figure out the smaller mistakes and just go as we as we started out. But, you know, no real. I don't think that we really had any big mistakes. Yeah. I mean, it was it was compound persistence. Right. Like you just you make little steps daily. Mm-hmm. And over time, you know, you look back, you say three years and that's 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 wild to me. It's, fl- it's flown by, right? But that's but, just that's just a lot of projects. That's just us putting ourselves to that to that schedule on the projects and just keep working and working. Right. You know, right. sometimes you make mistakes on certain projects that you know you don't on the next project. But you know, the whole thing is you're always moving forward. You're always, you know, continuously moving. So, 
Are there certain decisions that you've made, uh, whether it be like when you started to establish like your full team or something else that that you kind of look back and, and, and think, huh, maybe we should have done that at a different time or like. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, we we talk about this a lot as well. Um, we had the benefit of it. You know, when we talked about our backgrounds a little bit, you know, just being natural connectors, like knowing people all over the place from different walks. Um, so when we first came up with the idea, we got to a point where we had all these people that we knew could help us mm-hmm. or that would be good fits to work with us. Um, and immediately, you know, you're excited. You're like, all right, this is how she's going to fit. This is how he's going to fit. Um, and you go and reach out to those people. And now you have this team of incredible resources, but you may not be ready for your team as a company. Mm. And that was it wasn't a mistake, but it was a, a, a challenge being able to have resources that you couldn't fully utilize at the moment. And I guess, what have you learned from that experience? Um, keep a team. <laughs> there you go, yeah. really, really think about how that person fits into where you are at mm-hmm. the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was actually, um, recently I, w- I was in a, s- a session that had to do with like developing first year project and like business and like sales specifically. And um, the analogy that the person, his name is Chris Rowland, very dope dude, uh, angel investor and does uh, a lot of, a lot of different things and like the um, business aspect of things, but also like uh, philosophically he has like a really cool like mantra. He was talking about how like finding teammates is kind of like finding like, like, like the right people to sit in the right spaces, like on a bus. Like if, 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 if one individual, right, is sitting with another individual and and they don't click or, or if, if they're not doing the particular roles that, that best suits like their personality, their, their skill sets, like it's kind of like a waste in a sense, you know what I mean? So I I think that's a really important lesson for folks to understand. And even to this day, I feel like I struggle with it. You know what I mean? As as someone who is starting a company and a brand so early, because it's like trying to navigate how to find the right people for the right fit, that can be a challenge, especially when you're, when you're still trying to see what the right fit is for for your own company and brand. So yeah. yeah. Especially like when, Especially like when you know you can't you can't determine when you're gonna run into somebody. Like exactly, you don't know when you're gonna meet that person, and like that person could be at a different stage where it's like you're more resource to them than they are to you at this particular point. Mm-hmm. But you know that down the line, you two are gonna have to meet up at some point. So why not be able to help them the best you can for where they are at that time? Yeah, knowing that they would all fall in line anyways. Uh-huh. So you know, you really just be like, hey, you know what? If I can help you or if you can help me, let's let's make it work together because that's what it's about. Or or even on the opposite end, uh I know Don Lee, you, you had a birthday the the other night and, and, and y'all met some really important folks. So like taking that as an opportunity too is like a, a blessing as well. Yeah, I mean thank you, thank you. Yeah, my birthday was on the twenty fourth and um you know, we were out the other night and you know, my my brother had actually ran into Elliot Wilson and I was like, oh, snap, there's E over there. So, you know, that was kind of dope. And I guess they exchanged a few words and, you know, but I was I was turned up. So I was having a good time, <laughs> you know. <laughs> dope. So what are some positive takeaways from like your first year creating 1% Gallery that you recall having like the most influence over your development as a brand? 
Yeah, that's a good question. Um, for us, I think, in in you know, the feel free to interject here, um, but I feel like for us, it was maintaining something that felt inclusive and limited. Can, can you actually speak on that? Because when when I first saw your name was 1% Gallery, I took it a certain way. I, I didn't necessarily feel like it was inclusive. So can you kind of elaborate on that? Yeah, I mean, like when I say inclusive, I mean, you know, you want everyone to be exposed to it. And I think, you know, our name, just to even start off, like our name's 1% Gallery. And there's a, there's a connotation with the term 1%. But we wanted to use that play on words to say, you know, why is the 1% only this this layer of people right why is there one percent let's make one percent everybody mm. you know what i mean and and not from a mathematical sense but from a sense that everyone has their one percent that they can add to be a part of that bigger picture very dope okay cool if you could share uh any words of wisdom with your first yourself what would you say so so like this is Don Lee and like Pat first starting the project, but like now you have all this insight, right? You've uh, have this development that you've gone through, but what would you tell your first yourself? I would definitely tell myself to uh, stay down until I come up. Because uh, <laughs> what do you mean by that? Because like, because like you know, when when you're first starting out, like you see the picture more clear. You see the picture more clear than ever. It's when you first starting out, like. As you start going, you start seeing a lot of different things that like kind of, you know, get in the way. But in the beginning, you have the most pure view of what it is that you're trying to do. So like, you know, you can get impatient as the process is going along, but you can't think about that because you got to think about you're in it for the long run. You know, you're not in it for the short run. So you just got to be patient. You got to stay down. So just stay down. And when you come up, you come up and everything will be good then, you know. Right. I mean, it's crazy. Like, you know, when I know three years isn't a long time, but it's a long time for us. Yeah. Or, or a short, long time. Rather. Definitely. Um, but I look at everything that's happened since then. So to your point, stay down till you come up. It's like literally you if, if your head's down and you're working and you're, you're just trying to make moves, both small and big, and you're still chasing your vision and you're not getting sidetracked. Eventually, you do start to come up and, you know, you're here and you're having an interview and it's, it's three years later, you know, we're here a first year project having an interview and and able to reflect on all of the projects we did. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? All the different people we've met, the different, you know, people we've we've put together, the, the, the different talents and creatives that we've been able to network with and and work with, um, you know, and, and I think that that's staying down until you come up at its purest, right? Because we're just starting to come up, you know, like the head's just starting to poke back through. For sure, for sure. Uh, what's some of the work that you do on the music side or any other aspects of your business? So we uh, so so we implemented 1% Gallery Sounds, you know, I think it was that like, you know, 2014, just a little like last year. So, you know, we're really trying to uh, just get, like it was like someone had asked us a question like what does 1% gallery look like you know what does 1% gallery sound like and mm -hmm. you know at the time I kind of had a vision of what we looked like but you know I didn't really understand what it was that we were sounding like it kind of threw me off guard and immediately I was like you know I want to I want to start working with local artists who are musicians and you know they're passionate about the music that they're doing so you know we started working with uh you know one of our, our lead DJs you know DJ Papa Don 
And, you know, he really started just kind of, he already had his own thing going. And, you know, we wanted to feed off that. Just like, all right, listen, Luke, you know, you do your thing. And we started meeting all these other artists and they started, you know, producing this nice body of music that as a whole had a, like, like a nice playlist type deal. So we started putting all of that into one and 1% Gallery Sounds. It's like, this is what we sound like, you know? Right. And it's funny, funny story, right? So um, DJ Papa Don Luke, as we know him, you know, he, we, at one point we lived on the same block. That's right? crazy. Is, is this in Dorchester? This is in Dorchester. Okay. And, you know, Luke was our homie, he was our road dog. We used to dunk on him in the backyard. <laughs> he's on, not here on, to defend on, on, himself on the, the yet, though. Wait, he, wait. He's gonna, he's gonna hear it. <laughs> he, he, he had a mean little crossover. He had, he had, a, he had a mean crossover. He had a mean crossover. But I remember when he first said that he wanted to start DJing, and and it was amazing. He started doing it, and I look up, and here he is. He's the best DJ, probably in the in the city, definitely in the city. But probably I was gonna say in the country. I think. Because people don't, everyone doesn't yeah, know him yet. Yeah, he's, he's, you know he's what everywhere. I mean? He's not just in Boston. He's not I mean, just here. He's been in he Tokyo. Ki- he, he, kill, he kills Boston, but he's not just here, you know? Very cool, very cool. So, what three words, right? So, so kind of taking all this in and reflecting over everything, what, what three words um, would you say, like, describe the mindset you feel one needs to have starting his or her own, like, business or brand? I think I think at this point in time and, and and where we are in this day and age, I think it's really important for you to seek to understand. I think like you know you gotta you gotta be able to do that because you know if you have a passion or you have a vision, get some information. You know, take the steps before the initial motion steps to try and understand what it is that you gotta do because if you if you can get the research, it'll make it'll make your path a lot easier. You know, so for sure, seek to understand. Right. And, you know, that's that's looking at who are you speaking to? Right. As a as a as a as a group that you're targeting, who are you you know, who are you marketing to? Who are you looking to bring to your events? Who are you looking to have click on your playlist? Who are you looking to have, you know, wear some of your merch? Um, You know, I think understanding who that market is. And once you can hone in on that, people will start to understand who you are. Very dope. You know so, what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's seek and understand and then seek to be understood. Right? You can't you can't, you know, expect everyone to get what you're doing from from the gates. You know what I mean? You have to know what you're doing. You have to know who you're targeting and then people will start to understand what your movement is. And sometimes, you know, honestly I will say this too, like it, it gets it it gets kinda difficult sometimes because you also gotta remember too, like you know, we're we're three years in, but that's 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 baby steps. You know, yeah. like we're we're still young, and you know, sometimes when we do interviews like like such, it's 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 kind of weird because you you're, you're kind of forced to speak from where you are today, but where you envision yourself. But like you know, it's it's like it's like to give you all of what we are is really kind of tough because because you know, you're still developing. Because we're still learning. We're still Absolutely. developing. We're still you're growing. growing. Yeah. You know, as as you're growing, I mean, I think it's it, it's a fun it, it's a, it's a fun ride. You know, I like I like to be able to to speak on you know challenges that we go over, but you know, it's also kind of difficult to speak on that as far as like you know who we are today and who we are as as a whole. So, I think it's so important though because almost every interview I've done. Like the group that I've done it with or the individual that I've done it with has generally said like, wow, like I haven't actually taken the time to really sit back and think like where I started from and where we are now oh, and yeah. kind of like going over like how 
the progression has gone, whether it be three years or whether in some cases it be right 10 to 15 years. Yeah. I mean, it definitely helps when you have a partner, you know, when you have someone who's who's doing, you know, a lot of this with you, you're able to like get on the same wavelength and you guys can work together. You can you can be running with your heads down, getting a lot done. Yeah. Just knowing that someone's there with you doing it. But, you know, it, it, it's difficult like to, to, to try and think back on everything that you've accomplished or failed at or, you know, like, you know, learning lessons and whatnot. But, you know, I think for us, everything has been kind of like a celebration, like every time. You know, a new piece comes out or, you know, we get a new artist who's, who's making these dope work. It's like celebrating. It's exciting because we're growing with this new artist who's going to, you know, who's going to be somebody. Yeah. You know, like, so. What suggestions would you have? So y'all don't know this about uh, these two, but they're actually brothers. So in terms of their partnership, uh, I mean, they were brothers. So that kind of came about in that way. But what suggestions or advice would you have for, for folks who are trying to like, start an idea who may not necessarily have a partner in mind or a partner at first uh i would just say be open-minded and like and and don't limit yourself you know don't corner yourself into being you know something that you don't necessarily have to do because the whole point of your idea is to be different so you know we need those different ideas we don't need another of the same idea that's already out there you know yeah no i definitely agree you know i think it's always Two heads is better than one. Um, yeah. But if you are the the only head, you know you're kind of in the trenches by yourself, or you're 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 a young entrepreneur, you're starting by yourself. I think it's, you know, if immerse yourself in the world in which you're trying to be in, mm. and you may find a partner or someone that can help you out that you didn't know yesterday. So you're talking about going like straight. Like if I am in music production, like I need to be around. I need some to know who else to, is producing. Exactly. Me. I need to know who else. That's, that's that's the research. That's seeking to understand. Like you gotta, in, in order to understand what it is that you're looking to do, you gotta be around other people who can inspire you and they can tell you a little about what they're doing. Right. And I mean, Google. Right. The like, Googles, I, I people. That, that the Googles. Crazy, but like, you know, I always joke. It's like we're in a time where you can learn anything there is you want. Literally. You know what I mean? You can meet anybody it is you want to meet. You can you have access to these people. Contact information is floating all over the Internet. Mm -hmm. um, so you're really an email away. You know what I mean? You may be 10 emails away. You may be 100 you're, you're emails away. away. You're, you're a Snapchat away. You're a Snapchat away. You are a, a, a DM away. You're a DM away. You're, you know, a, a tweet away. Like, yeah. It's crazy. These things that didn't exist. I remember... I remember when we first got the two-way pages. Remember, I was in like third grade. I had two-way pages. That is, on, you had a two-way pager in third grade? All I was getting was the ESPN <laughs> Mom, <laughs> grandma. Nah, I was, I was just had him. Shout and I was out to ESPN mama updates. and uh, oh, it was crazy. grandma Kimball. But, but you good know, I remember people. that was it. That was, if, if you had that, you was good. But yeah. Now, like on the iPhone, like 6S type, what is it? Like, you could literally produce movies on your iPhone right. now. Like, this is where we are. Right. What a time, right? right? So, in terms of upcoming projects, what is 1% working on? What's going on? You know, we're really working with our our, our art loan program. You know, that's 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 real big for us right now. Art loan? Our art loan program. Art loan. You know, okay. so, so I could tell you a little bit about that. It's Please. it's 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 a program in which we will implement. You know, works on a quarterly basis for corporate offices. Um, you know, anyone who has a home who's interested in, you know, just having different works in their space. And, you know, what we'll do is we'll, we'll rotate it out monthly. 
So, you know, that's one of the big things we're working on. Oh, right you're now. loaning the pieces yeah, to them. So they're the, like yeah. renting it. Yeah, they're like renting okay. the work. Or, you know, if they're interested in purchasing, they can do such. They can do such. Um, you know, we'll work, we'll work with some other galleries, some other curators to try and get a nice mix of work in there. But, you know, primarily, that's one of our big focuses going into this year, you know, when, you know, we'll get some heat out there on the streets. I know our people love that stuff. So, you know, I want to give uh, a lot of love and, and shout out to all of our members out there because they're important to us so yeah definitely i mean you know we work with a few other uh, groups that we're looking to get on the forefront this year um you know from from a music standpoint Poneflex, you know he, reese my man down at elite time um you know reese has been instrumental for us you know he he's a hard worker He's he's getting his tracks laid. He's sending us new new stuff to post. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know to really bring some some light to him, and also you know focus on some of our other people that sell clothing and they're designers for real. Like that's what they do. Um, I mean, you know, it's crazy. Nick Holmes and in, in, in Savage Studios. Yeah, it's crazy because like I mean you know we have such a crazy team, and I mean you know when we started this it was it wasn't about just any one individual it was about the group so we were very particular about how we put this team together so you know it's it's crazy because i feel like we got the best starting five starting you know starting five 13 whatever i mean we got yeah it's just crazy but you know my man nick with salvi studios he's killing it you know he really is and a lot of people don't even know about his works yet and i love it but we're gonna really change that and, you know, same thing like you were saying, Pat, with, with, with Poneflex. I mean, people just got to adjust to it. You know, when they hear a new Ye track, they they hate it. And then, like, a, you know, a couple of days later, they love it. Now everyone's listening his, to it. His so new like, stuff is uh, pretty good, though. Yeah, but that's because, like... He can do that, you know. He has he has the ability to do that, you know. Because yeah. people told him his tracks was whack fourteen years exactly. ago. Yeah. <laughs> so now it's hot, you know what I'm saying? But, but 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 it's that same feel for you know Poneflex. You know, people just got to get adjusted to his sound because it really is the wave, you know. And then especially with what Papa Don's doing with with the tracks, he's mashing it, you know. Very dope. So uh, where can the people find you? Instagram. They can find Twitter. us everywhere, man. We're on all the social media handles. You know, our one percent galleries. You know, it's our Twitter. It's our one, as in the number one, or spelled out. Yeah, the number one. Okay. The number one, and um, we're on Pinterest, one Instagram, we're on you know whatever you could think about. Right, and you know, one percent gallery You can come check us out there. Hopefully, we're working with first year project a little bit more going Definitely. into this year, so yeah. you could probably find some of our content you know, on your platform as well. Um, but yeah, definitely online. That's that's what we are. We're an online business. We're an online platform for creators. Um, and hopefully, you know, if things go as planned, we'll try to get something physical out there for the people this year. Very dope, very dope. Well, thank you so much, guys, you know, for taking the time out to uh, be on First Year Project. And uh, I look forward to seeing what you guys cook up in, yeah, this, no, in the you, year. Thank you, thank you. For sure. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Shout out to Dalvin Beats and the Bad Decisions Collective for our musical tunes and Creator K and Andrea for our logos. Production and editing on today's episode were both done by myself. Please make sure to download, like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find episodes on our website, firstyearproject.com as well as on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Lastly, to share and learn from each other, every Monday is Share Your Shit Monday. 
take a flick of any project or piece of work you're currently diving into and share it with us by using the hashtag share yo as in y-o and sh as in s-h-h I can't wait to see what all you all are working on this week and I'm super excited to share with you as well you can follow us on Twitter at FirstYearPRJ, and then also feel free to visit our website at FirstYearProject.com. Peace.